Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got an heart. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. Hey everybody! What's up? Hello! And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. And what day is it? April Fools? Yeah! That's right! So we're here tonight with a very special drink for you! (laughs) It's not trick or treat. No. You so can do that. What do you do on April Fool's? You go, you're an asshole, and guess what? Yeah. I'm doing you, something different. You're you just friends. an asshole. Oh, so okay. get, get ready, everybody. <laughs> so guess what, everybody? Prank you. <laughs> hey, prank you, audience. <laughs> that sounded so aggressive. Prank you, everybody. We are here to discuss some non-horror movies tonight. Fool you. <laughs> you fell for it. <laughs> Fool you. Watch, no one's going to listen to this. <laughs> yes! Vindication. <laughs> again um tonight we are joined by a very special guest yes. finally after years of begging and pleading and uh did i ask i don't even know if i actually ever asked <laughs> i think you just told me right that's My... how most things work around here wow already the, the, the husband wife jokes um my husband matt is joining us tonight See, he's not imaginary, everybody. Like, I he's feel like, real. Yeah, he's, he's real. real. He's here in real life. Yeah. Tonight, in honor of April Fool's, mm-hmm. we're going to do a little non-horror. Uh, prank you, just, everybody. Yeah, prank you. Prank you, Marissa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about Back to the Beach and That Thing You Do. That's right. So pour yourself a stunned mullet, put on your musketeers, and get ready to party with Frankie and Annette because we're going back. Way back to 1987. <laughs> so, fun fact, actually, just real quick to wax nostalgic. One of the many reasons why I realized that I had found the one was because I had found someone who loved Back to the Beach as much as I do. Most people are like, what movie? But not only did he know the movie, but he shared my love for this movie. And, and that's what I knew. DVD. That's right. <laughs> you don't know many people who own it on DVD. So. That's right. Guess who bought that for you? True. Me? So, um, yeah, so let's dive in because this is a delight. <laughs> It is. Okay, so uh, Frankie Avalon and Annette Funicello are a husband and wife living in Ohio, far from the surf and sand of the earlier lives together. Frankie is a stressed-out car salesman and the former big kahuna of the surf scene in California, while Annette bottles her sense of angst up in a bevy of shopping. Together, they're raising a son, Bobby, who is in the throes of a rebellion against his seemingly square folks. One day, the family decides to go on vacation. They stop in California to visit their daughter, and Frankie and Annette are appalled to learn that she has been making time with a surfer boy named Michael. Did, did you? Where did you find this? In like like a 1950s Good Housekeeping, making time with a surfer. The family misses their flight to Hawaii and ultimately ends up staying in California, much to the chagrin of Frankie. Chagrin. Frankie and Annette get caught up in the lives of their old friends, their old beach, and thus their last beach adventure together. Whoa, whoa. I'm going to pause right there because I have to commend Jackie on her ability to simply just brush off what you said completely and roll through it. Yeah. You're, that's like you're a, that's like a 10-year marriage. <laughs> you, know, you, you nailed that one. Let's give it a look. Continue. It just makes editing so much easier if I don't acknowledge and keep going. Whatever. Where did you pull that from? Wikipedia. <laughs> All right. So, I don't even know where to begin with. Well, first of all, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to apologize for all of our audience who are triggered and who find this inappropriate, but Laurie Laughlin's in this movie, y'all. I just, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and hashtag me too. Oh, wait. No. No. Wait, what? No, that's a different thing. Oh, hashtag college me too. Wait, college hashtag, too. Hashtag college too. Because, yeah. go ahead. If you think about it, Olivia Jade and whatever the hell the other one's name are, they're in this movie too. They just happen to be packed into her ovaries, but... <laughs> so 
they were uncredited. Even more reason why we shouldn't be watching it. But you know what? Sometimes you guys, you gotta do it. You gotta take one for the team. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This full house, never again. <laughs> Uh, I don't give enough of a shit, so yeah, I, I, I'm in full support of Aunt Becky no matter what. So. Anybody, anybody who, who like was surprised by that news has been living under a rock because that's how college admission has worked for yeah. a century. Yeah, I just assumed that that's, that, that <laughs> yeah. was the norm. Yeah. If you have a bunch of money, you're like, hey, maybe my dumb kids can go to your school. Absolutely. All right, so back to the beach. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think the first theme that comes up right off the bat is man does growing up and having kids suck. <laughs> no? I don't know if that's what they were going for necessarily, uh, I, I but it definitely comes across if you really look for it. Well, first of all, Annette's obviously had a couple of nervous breakdowns because she serves, she has a closet full of peanut butter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> peanut butter, Campbell's soup, and, and Hunt's ketchup. Yeah, and spam. And yeah. spam. Very neatly OCD stacked. But like, you know, that's a part of the movie's um, appeal is that it so blatantly makes fun of and satirizes consumerist culture because she was a she was she peddled skippy peanut butter for 10 years in the in the 80s so it was kind of you know it's funny it's a joke in the long run so yeah i think i think this film is very aware of its own satire and like doesn't take itself seriously which is i mean i'm gonna admit i'm so blinded by like i watched this movie all the time as a kid and then i fell in love with a guy who also loved the movie so there's nostalgia to the millionth degree here but i definitely think it's really satirical and really aware of its own ridiculousness and i think that's part of the charm and it takes that, I think it takes that from the original subgenre of the teen surf, you know, teen beach party movies, because those two were very self-aware and completely, you know, frivolous and not serious at all. And that's, you know, part of what it was all about. So, it, you know, it's a nice little... But real talk now, that opening sequence is so terrible. It's so bad. <laughs> now, did any of you guys watch the movie trailer? No. no. Okay, I did we that. We like ourselves. Wait, <laughs> I started to because if you go on... I watched it on YouTube, and if you yeah. just go on YouTube, that's all they give you is the trailer. Yeah. So I started to watch it, and I was like, oh, I want movie. But basically, the, the movie trailer is that entire opening sequence mm-hmm. with a couple of bits of dialogue cut in, and it's narrated... It sounds like it's narrated by one of the gremlins from Gremlin 2, the one that just... The, right as it starts to talk, the smart gremlin... <laughs> like... <laughs> Back to the freaky and Go back to the... Like, that's exactly it, what it sounds like. Is it Wolfman? <laughs> it might be, yeah. Is it the Wolfman? <gasps> it might so be. When I, when I watched the trailer, I was like, Wolfman Jack? Wolfman? Yeah. So the whole movie, be. I kept looking for him. He wasn't in there. Mm-hmm. He's not one of the... He that would have been a good cameo. I know. One. They already have cameo diarrhea. They so, got I mean, plenty of cameos. <laughs> Trust me, it's mm-hmm. fine. There is cameo diarrhea. That's great. Um, so this was directed by Lindell Hobbs, who went on to do nothing. It also has the stuntman who was sloth in the Goonies, so Aww. I think that gives it some street cred. There you go. Was he one of the surfers? He was. He was one of the like band members and uh, metalhead dudes. Um, he was sloth's stuntman, and he was also a stuntman. Wait, he wasn't the sloth. No, 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 no. Oh, no, because okay. the original sloth cool. was the next football player. Yeah, like, this guy was player. sloth's stuntman, so. When you know, hey, you guys, and you, you with the knife down the sails, right. that was this guy. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, first of all, I also thought, like, when when I looked at the scene on the plane, man, the 80s were a good time because you could beat your kids and it was fine. You could smoke on planes. Yeah. yeah. All of those things. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm just going to throw it out there. Bobby is the worst little shit ever. Yeah, no, Bobby's terrible. <laughs> For, you know what, it's, and I think... Some of my, my thought process comes from the fact that um, Chad and I just rewatched Stranger Things, um, both seasons of Stranger Things very recently. And one of my notes is Frankie Avalon in the movie, he acts the way that Sean Astin acts in Stranger Things, like kind of this like nerdy, goofy, over the top character. And, like, part of you wants to be, like, oh, my God, like, this acting is terrible. Like, this is so, like, like, every time that Bobby acts up, he literally, like, shakes his fists at him with, like, a kind of wah-yah-yah-yah. Yeah, like, where he really could have just, like, whacked him at any point, but, like, is obviously, like, stalling. <clears throat> but it's funny because then you realize that, like, that's, like, the whole entire point. Like you said, it's the satire. Especially at the very end when they break the fourth wall. Like, you realize that, like, this isn't just, like, bad. This is, this is the same kind of beach blanket bingo kind of acting goofball 60s thing so at at first it kind of like annoyed me and then when i realized what was going on it just kind of made it really really endearing i'm gonna come to bobby's defense because if you had to live in a house 
for 15 years with Frankie and Annette, <laughs> you would be ready to burn the place down as well. <laughs> you know, I was I liked the kid. I just thought that all of his like little little jokes and stuff were the worst. They're all the worst, and he's the worst actor, and I hate him. And as soon as they like shuffled him off and let him hang out with the punk rock kids, oh, you mean where he disappeared and his family completely lost track of him? Yes, for like two and a half best days. part of the movie. <laughs> as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, finally, because he's real bad. He is real bad. I don't know how he got this job. We can't really refer to uh, Frankie as Frankie, South Philadelphia's own Phil- Frankie Avalon, but uh, because he is never referred to in the movie by his first name. Mm-mm. Not single time. He's either referred tiger. to as the Kahuna, the Big Kahuna, Tiger, or your dad. They never really? once they because they didn't have the permission because that character was copyright protected by um, I think it was AI AIP was Wait, the name but of the company. He is that person. He he is Frankie Avalon, but the character of Frankie because Annette in the in the original Back to the Beach movies her name was Dee Dee or, or Dolores or something like that. So they can use the name Annette, but they can't use the name Frankie. But it's his real name. I know, but as the yeah, character, messed up? the character he's playing, <laughs> he cannot be referred to as Frankie. So they call him the Big Kahuna, which isn't even from the original Beach movies. It's from Gidget. The Big Crapola, you mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Big Potato. The Big Potato. <laughs> um, that hurts my brain. That's a little too meta for me. Now I'm gonna throw a question out to to you guys who have been uh, and spent plenty of time in California. That's what the beaches of California are like, right? Like, everybody is sexy and bikinis and people are working out on the beach and surfing, right? In my head still, yes. <laughs> but, but no, but like, if you go to Venice Beach, like, the workout area, the Muscle Beach, that's all still mm-hmm. there. Really? It's mm-hmm. still pretty much, you just update the, the wear. It's pretty much there. We actually went in 2004 and we made a specific point of driving to the pier that Sandy lives on. Um <laughs> And I have a picture of me standing at the front of that pier. Unfortunately, we couldn't drive. Sorry, on a pier. ladies, he's taken. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know who drives on a pier, but apparently Frankie right. Avalon drives on a pier. Yeah, who but does? we couldn't drive on the pier because we we're just regular old common folk. That's right. But yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I had hoped that that's what the beaches were like. Um, so yeah, so they get to the beach, and they they are met with O.J. Simpson. Oh God! Yeah, that's, that's at funny. the airport. Uh, yeah, I'm airport. pretty sure that that's just O.J. Simpson filming a naked gun movie at the same time, <laughs> and they're just like, "Oh, just leave that footage in. It's funny," because that's all he does in naked gun movies is just get hurt and make funny faces. Well, I think he was in a hurry because he had to go kill somebody. We should yeah. caution. <laughs> 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 O.J. didn't do it. Is it too soon? Too soon. I don't too soon. think it's too soon. <laughs> O.J. was innocent. Okay. <laughs> what they didn't say was Al Cowlings was sitting in a white Bronco outside the airport waiting for him. You didn't see that part. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, they get to the beach and I'm going to throw it out there. And I stand by this for the whole movie. Fuck Connie. <laughs> she is a, what'd you call her, a thirsty person? What's the Ooh, cool kid? Look at you bringing up some I know. Terms. I know. I forget what, yeah. A thirsty like, something. She's a thirsty bitch or something, something like that. Like that yeah. Whatever it is. <laughs> She is a slimy little little sap. Sorry. She comes around in the end. No, she doesn't. Yes, she does. She does. No, I don't she think. Doesn't. I don't think she's really out of line. No. She, I don't think she doesn't even know they're still together. So she just sees her old boyfriend. She's like, oh my god. <laughs> Let's just say Annette handles it a little classier than I would have. That's all I'm gonna say. That's for true. <laughs> <laughs> because I gotta tell you, the part where he gets up and sings with her after being a total d bag the entire time, I would have probably just. You. Okay, I get where you're coming from, but like, then Troy shows up and literally, and just, I give the guy credit, because he doesn't even try to like, drop a pill in the drink. He's just like, I'm going to get you drunk and take advantage of you, <laughs> and you're going to enjoy it. What exactly is in a stunt wallet? Because I'd like to have one in it's my It's not lifetime. a real thing. It's, well, it better be. But, yeah, and, and <laughs> but you need to make it. <laughs> Cocaine and Billy Zane and stun wallets are going to be the new drug of choice for Jersey Ghouls and Mise on Scream. <laughs> Um, because yeah, no, you're right. He is a next level creeper because he doesn't try to slip her a roofie. He doesn't do anything. Which good thing he didn't try because Frankie would have been roofie. Well, you know what? He might be a next level creeper, but I appreciate the honesty. He's up front. Yeah. If I know I'm going to be drugged, it might make it a little easier when it happens. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Um, and, and he also has some of my favorite lines, like, you could tell the men from the boys. By the price of their toys. That's right. When the guy, the guy rolls onto the beach, uh. with, and you actually can hear it, 
when she walks up to him later on in the movie. He's got the full-on generator buzzing so that he can power both his radio, uh, his big, big boombox, he's got blender. a blender, and a microwave That's on the beach. pretty good living, you guys. You know, I appreciate his setup. Yeah. I really do. I also appreciate the tiny gold the May banana, banana hammock banana that he rocks. Oh, yeah. No, I like when he wears his wetsuit and it's got like the tiger skin. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fancy. I'm going to tell you, I think the real tragedy of this movie is that Troy winds up alone. Because... <laughs> you, he doesn't end up alone. Don't worry no. about you, Don't you worry about Troy. No, I think I think Troy, off, taking care I think of Troy. Troy off screen is getting someone every single night of the week. Plus, he walks away with Bridget at the end. So. No, he doesn't. Yes, no. he does. No, the Gillian does. The skipper. Well, he's he about to. He has a lever. Um, well, you know what? Now, if we're going to talk let's boys... Let's talk about right, Hold on. If we're going to talk boys at all, we need to talk about the most attractive, oh. sexy, handsome, like, take me under the pier anytime you want to. Barber Master. <laughs> Mountain. Wait. No, no, no. No, 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 no. no. Okay, I gotta, I gotta yeah, go for no, it. No, Zed, Zed. Zed. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> Here's the thing I recognize. And I, it took me a long time to get to this point. Is I know Zed's supposed to be like the antagonist, yeah. or at least a antagonist in this movie. Is um you can't underestimate Zed's entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. Because Zed runs the bait shop. Zed runs the babysitting service. Zed is really heavy into credit card fraud. <laughs> He's making money. He's the American dream. Oh, I'm Team Zed all the way. You know? And especially because when and he is really good looking. He is so gorgeous. And when things get like really crazy and the uh, the big wave. The, 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 the humongous humonga Yes, thank you. I couldn't. I, I was like the humonga wave. Uh, no, when the humonga yeah. cowbunga from down under comes in, he no, is immediately, dude. dude, come in. You're going to get ripped yeah. up. Yeah, like he suddenly was like, you know what, dude? It's just surfing. It's just a beach. Your life ain't worth it. Yeah. Zed is a solid stand-up guy. Yeah, and at the end, he's like a backup singer for them. He's yeah. great. He's I, great. I there are no antagonists in this movie. <laughs> Everyone is secretly a good person. <laughs> Everybody. I think that's Everybody. why I love this movie so much. It's It was mind-boggling <laughs> to me the whole time. Like, what is going on? Why are there so many dad jokes? There's so many <laughs> so dad, so jokes. Many dad jokes. I have to admit that whenever Bobby tries to do something bad and they make fun of it, that's such a mom thing to do, and I love it. Yeah. Like, when he gets the tattoo, they're like, that's so cute. Mm-hmm. Or like when he's like, my name is what does he call himself? Um, he my, was tough, t- tough, or nice, or nice. knife, knife. He's like, nice. You want us to call you nice? Nice. Like, oh, it was first it was surly. You want us to call you Shirley? Shirley? Yeah. <laughs> my new gang name is Knife. It's all dad jokes all the time. This movie. This movie is rough. <laughs> it's rough. You can look at it as rough. It's all about perspective. Right? <laughs> I, I can, well, you have the you have the you have a uh, history with this movie. I do. It, it's different. He, your he your lens is different. Landed me by giving me a stun bullet and then doing the Troy <laughs> dance. I can't. You can't see me. No, I I don't think I've seen this movie probably since you forced me, Matt, to watch this in college. Wait, it's been, and you know what? It's been a shorty. It's been a long time, and I forgot that it was a musical. And the moment that some of the songs started up, I was so excited for the for the Jamaican ska. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. Uh, so Jesus. As far as music goes, this movie has two of the best guitar players from the 20th century. Yes. Stevie yes. Ray Vaughan and Dick Dale. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. Both Dick Dale's ridiculous Dick looking. Dale is, well, yeah. <laughs> you should have seen him toward the end. But like, and oh, that guy's oh, life, guys, it was so sad. Like, he ended up touring. He had the tour date through, through November of no. 2019 because he had to pay for his medical bills. He had cancer in the 70s. He had, his back was all screwed up. It was excruciating for him to perform. Oh, but he man. was doing it anyway. Anyway, so you have those two, mm-hmm. right? And I also love that, like, Frankie goes on stage when Connie prompts him to do a thing and he goes, do you know Venus? And he feels like, no. And he goes, but we do know this. And he just starts playing some random song and Frankie knows all the words. He's like, oh yeah, I know all the words. (laughs) And it's an original for the movie. No, it's not. No, it's not? No, that not that definitely one. Definitely right. Not the, not the original one. I think the one at the very end. Yeah. That's your original. That's your original. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the Warm California Sun is like a original. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The best song was definitely the Dick Dale, Stevie Ray Vaughan. With it, yeah. Jam out. And yep. I'm like, yup. Yup. <laughs> These are uh, the things that I like. Fucking Jamaica, Jamaica Scott. Scott, dude. Not many people can cha-cha-cha. Not everybody can do the twist. 
The Jamaica Scott, listen, Fishbone is amazing. I was like, yeah, Fishbone. When Annette starts singing her white lady stuff, the Jamaican ska, I'm like, are you serious right now? Is this really happening? You could get away with it. First of all, there's never been a little cultural appropriation for Annette. I know, but she ruined ska and and reggae at the same time. She introduced an entire generation to ska. I learned how to ska. From watching Annette Scott. It's not a dance! She totally skanks! She skanks! It's not a dance! She skanks! She's gay. It is a goddamn dance, and it's been a dance since 1987. People dance many different ways to ska music. It is not the ska dance. She doesn't. You're just bad because she invented skin. That's okay. Oh, man. I'm sorry. See, I'm not trying to poop all over you guys for your movie, but it was a rough time for me. I loved all the cameos and stuff. I guess we should have prefaced it for you that you can't walk in expecting to see a good movie. Mm-mm. Just like, just take it as it is. You gotta that's, take it. That's in. what I did, and mm-hmm. I love moments when like uh, Maxwell Smart shows up, and like I don't know who else in this movie. I wrote down everyone's name. Oh, Pee Wee, Pee Wee. Can we talk about Pee Wee? Oh, yes. Oh, Can we talk about Pee Wee? Why did Pee Wee do the Family Guy joke for ten minutes? <laughs> Pee Wee did the Family Guy joke twenty years before. I know he did. They probably ripped that off from that sequence. They may have. I wouldn't be surprised. But it was so annoying. I love Pee Wee from the bottom of my heart and that was painful to me like after like the first like three or four times he went bird is the word i'm like enough enough make it end <laughs> i know what the word yes. is and then it was with the ooh mow mow papa mow mow papa pa, ooh mow mow papa ooh mow mow it's like let's do this for 12 minutes <laughs> the best part is is that when it does end mm-hmm. it ends in a really poorly um <laughs> Like, animated not even I wouldn't I want to say Photoshop but since that didn't even <laughs> no, remotely yeah. exist it's a still image of him standing on a handlebar surfboard oh, which amazing I want. and they just yeah. they just animated it flying into space <laughs> over the ocean that was the best part <laughs> where did he go he's listen <laughs> I wrote that I wrote that Kiwi is magic and then it cuts right to him on his scooter flying into the playhouse like that's probably what happened um, he went to the same place that Danny and Sandy went at the end of Greece. <laughs> um, first of all, you guys are, well, first of all, I can't, but, um, I also have, there's something real talk for a second, you guys, okay? I'm ready. Bridget, that chick is getting human trafficked on the beach. If we I, need to, I, we need to intervene here. Since you mentioned Greece, did you recognize the valet from outside of Daddios? No. As the guy who hosts the dance show? Yeah. From Greece. No, uh, the creepy guy who tries to roofie her. Yeah. Yes. No, 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 not true. No, the, the, the valet. No, the valet outside. I of his name. No, in Greece he tries to roofie. Does he? Margie. Yeah. Ed, Whatever the other name I think. Yeah. Ed, Ed Reynolds, I think. Ed Reynolds. Something like that. Yeah. That's not remember. it, but it's something like that. Speaking of the weird friend, what is up with with Sandy's best friend, the ginger shaker? <laughs> Robin. Yeah. She's the one. Why are you asking questions? <laughs> I just really felt bad for her when they were like. Well, since Michael can't do the surfing thing, we're going to have Robin do it. And everybody was just like, oh, oh God, man. Robin, a girl. Yeah, and it's like. But, like, realistically, okay, Michael's the best surfer on the beach. We've, we've established yes. that, right? Michael breaks his foot. The next best bet is Robin, right? The third best surfer is the guy who hasn't been on a surfboard in 30 years. Well, that was, I kind of question that because I'm like, what about Mountain and the rest of everybody that yeah. lives Mountain, in the fucking Webby, surf all those dudes. hut? You know, <laughs> they all, I'm sure, could have done better. And while we're talking about Mountain, because you got to talk about Mountain, do you, any of you guys recognize the guy who played Mountain? Yes. Because he's been in like every Everything. single commercial that's ever happened in the world. <laughs> he was in a movie we talked about a couple months ago. He was in the movie Rubber. Yeah, he, he was. was the hotel owner he in was. Rubber. Yeah, because I remember being like, "Oh, I know him. He's from Back to the Beach." Mountain Surf Report. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, Malibu Webby? is out. Uh, yeah, happening. sorry, he's dead. Oh, and that was yeah. his mom. You know who he is? You know who he is? He's Weird Al's best friend in UHF. Yeah, yeah. that's who yeah. he is, and yeah, that's he... why I was like, "Oh, that guy." Yeah, yeah and um, then it just maybe this is, I think, another reason why I didn't like the movie too much. It seemed like a proto UHF in some ways. There's some similarities. There's some sure. similarities there. For sure. With with the weird like and throwbacks and stuff. At least in UHF you have Weird Al so you can get away with it. You know? Mm-hmm. Like you expect everything. That's what I expected. I didn't know what to I didn't know if this could be like a serious like 
Like, ah, oh, this is like a new 60s beach movie from the 80s, but look, they're out of their time and place. And it's kind of that, but it's also kind of like, well, oh, fuck, let's just make a movie. Although the next time I'm hungover, I'm trying that hangover cure. I just want to see if it actually works. I don't even know what half that stuff was. It was, no, uh, it was two Al- scoops of Folgers, Alka-Seltzer, Ibuprofen, and, and Coke. And, yeah, and a Pepsi. Keith Richards lives on these. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like I have a hated on... Connie enough, so I'm going to circle back around and just remind everybody of what a see next Tuesday she is. And literally at one point, he looks at her and he's like, oh, doll face. Oh, if it wasn't for Annette, you'd be my sloppy, sloppy second all day. And she's like, oh, Frankie, you're so sweet. Girl. And also, how do they not know? Like, Michael's about to marry Sandy, but she, like, and does Sid, Sandy works for Connie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How come they don't know that like, nobody knows that Connie, Bel- Michael, is Connie's. That kid. was Frankie. Frankie didn't know? The rest no. of them all knew. I assumed. I mean, the scene only involved Frankie. Like, do Sandy and Michael understand the backstory between... Right. Did, did he think Kahuna Frank and was... Connie? I mean... 30 years. He didn't even know that kid existed. Yeah. He thought it could have been his. Yeah. And then she would have been dating her half-brother, so that no, would have been No, she weird. knew that they weren't. How would she have known? She works for Connie, and Connie Connie's knows. Gonna talk to her Connie knows. Connie knows for a fact that it is not Frankie. That is Spud's kid. Spud. 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 He was not a square. He was not Dude, a square. You're ragging on my dad. <laughs> oh, um, Spud. I and I also feel like the I don't know. I really love Annette's ways of solving things because initially, like, I was like, I am gonna talk about how anti-feminist this shit is. But when she was like, you know what, let's go shopping. I'm like, yes, girl. Shopping is the answer for everything that's going wrong in my life. Then later on when she's like, pajama party. I'm like, I get it. I'm into it. Like, it yeah. be, like I should try it. And also, Zen shows up to dance. So right. it's like a win I mean, how many times have we had, like, a bad day? And what is our solution? Is put like, on our jammies and, and yeah. snuggle. And, yeah, and I've seen some of these. They are not the same type of pajama party. That's whoa. true. I don't... <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> No, no, we don't own pajamas like that. No, you don't. You don't wear negligees or whatever <laughs> yeah. the hell else. We wear we wear flannel pajama pants and <laughs> and, and our boyfriend's t shirts and... and yeah and fluffy socks. Are you saying you don't think my big fluffy socks are hot? Because that's no, I'm I'm, of course I'm not. Saying that. <laughs> All right, can we get off Connie for one second and just talk about how Nobody Frankie else did. how Frankie is such a horrible dick in this movie? Yes, we like. He's just picking fights with everybody for no reason. He bumps over the first set of surfboards by accident and they're like yo dude you knocked over our surfboard and he, he like sits there and antagonizes them for a few minutes and then knocks over the rest of the surfboards on purpose nobody likes punks well here's the thing they're, they weren't doing anything if, if they if the rest of those guys just were like zed and just spent their time standing immediately behind their surfboards keeping them upright mm-hmm. so that if somebody bumped into them you could just pop out and be there then they wouldn't have this problem <laughs> Hashtag truth. Hashtag get me a surfboard. I tried to look him up on IMDb and there is no photo. No mm-hmm. way. No. Did he, not he, not even a credits? still from Back to the Beach. Not really? even a still from Back to the Beach. That must have been the only movie. So I'm assuming. Definitely managing McDonald's. Right? Probably. But it's probably still hot. That's I, fine. I feel bad for the PA that had to put 8,000 safety, safety pins <laughs> into that wetsuit. <laughs> Which I that defeats the purpose of a wetsuit, right? Because yeah. they're like sealing you in. Not really. I mean, you still no. get wet, but you know, it keeps you in, insulated or whatever. But still, like having to push safety pins through neoprene, having been a PA, don't want to do that. He's right. triggered. <laughs> <laughs> this this was an all around fun movie. I am glad that I got to revisit this. And you know what? Honestly, like you said, Matt, this movie knows what it is because the final line of the movie. They break the fourth wall, and Annette's like, have you ever seen a cornier couple? Like, they know what they're doing, and it just makes it that much more endearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I mean, obviously, it's all nostalgia for me, but I, if you haven't seen this movie, I think it's a good time. <clears throat> I think it's a fun little romp. Yeah. I feel like at the end, I was more understanding, but along the course of the movie, nobody is that goofy, fun character. It's not until the very end when people start to chill out and just start doing the beach movie stuff again. You know, most That's of the movie, right. they're like, grumpy, 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 I'm going to cheat on my wife with some other lady, and blah, I'm going to do this. And... Hashtag Connie. Yep. <laughs> but everybody's so well, nice. he's always going to her, in Connie's defense. Yeah, you have a valid point. 
Okay, but she has a shrine to him in her bar. Get over it, girl. I mean, you could make the argument that she's simply <laughs> setting. It's she's like the you know the early Chili's Fridays. Just put that's her tchotchkes. She's putting yeah. that up there. It's planning Hollywood. The yeah, that's yeah. what we all say when we make our walls <clears throat> weird photos of boys when we're young. But the rest of us outgrow it. Connie never did. <laughs> you know, oh, we didn't even talk about that. The the scene with when when the big Kahuna. You know, from down on that? Yeah, mm. that's because what's there to talk about? Does he, he does surf the wave? Right? He does. No, you, you, you're underselling. He irons. He surfs the wave. He freaking golfs on the surfboard. Yeah. I think at one point someone brings him a drink so while dude, he's yeah. surfing. No, dude he jumps up. Autographs. He autographs it. Oh, that's he jumps down. Yeah, like that's some serious stuff, right? That's there. surfing. Skill. For not having been on a board in like 30, years? 25, 30 years, I was impressed. I was really impressed. Yeah, it's fair. It's like riding a bike, I think. Practical effects, no no CGI, no, no. green screen. Oh, because they, they really did that. Just yeah, no. I mean, I, I, I know for a fact that the that the humonga Kawabunga from Dananda is a real phenomenon. Yeah. So. It's quite bright. I mean, you could, even, <laughs> you could even make the argument that this has some elements of horror in it because that thing happened 25 years ago. Yeah. Did not show up again until the moment he stepped foot back in that water. It is hunting his ass down. That's true. <laughs> That's true. It, it felt like the end was a uh, cutaway sketch from Pee Wee's Playhouse. But the, That's what it felt yeah, like. No, with with the fact that they're just like standing, like Frankie's standing like in front of like a movie screen. Yeah. Like, oh, on, yeah. like that was such a Pee Wee moment. Like yeah. I feel like he got some inspiration from them personally. <laughs> He had them on the show, right? It was all happening at the same time. I'm yeah. not, I can't remember if he ever had them on the show. But I think like, he did. I'm pretty sure he did. Clearly there were some connections between mm-hmm. the two. I do love, there's one moment where Connie really speaks my language in that she turns to Annette and she's like, you know, you're the good girl. You're supposed to get the girl. She's like, what a waste of a set. Like, you what really a waste. wasted an incredible pair of hooters. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, preach this stuff. Because Annette did have one amazing rack. I mean, she was what, in her 40s with this? And her boots yeah, she was forty-five. This is right. This is actually she found out that she she was having MS symptoms mm. on set, and she really? told her husband not to tell anybody. Oh, yeah, this was her last film. She was stinking adorable. So Bob Denver's last movie. He was in some TV shows, but yeah. this is his last movie. Oh, that makes me sad. Yeah, I I kind of adore them. I adore the cheesy beach culture like movies, and I just. Love this. But, Nate, I get it. We'll put you out of your misery. No, it's okay. I'm, I'm never going to watch it again, but I, I don't mind that I watch it. You're better it. for it. There, well, there's... No, there's there's good stuff in it. I love... I, it was the first Pee-wee appearance in a movie, right? Yeah. Well, outside of his movie. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Was no. it before Big, big Adventure. Big Adventure, big Adventure. Big Adventure no, big, was 85? Nine. No, it was not 89. I know for a fact it wasn't 89. Because 89 was Batman. So I want to say 85 was P. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And again and again. Yeah. Okay, never mind. I'm never going to watch this movie and I'm not going to feel bad about it. (laughs) No, this is the kind of movie that like I feel like you put on at a party. Like where you can kind of like walk by the screen and oh hey like let's let's all do the Jamaican ska okay and then that's over and then we can go back about our business at the party or whatever and that song at the end when when the day has been saved and everybody is friends and everything is a-okay and and Zed has no shirt yeah and he's in a leather jacket jacket with no shirt can you get one of those you know I would not look anything like that (laughs) sweet Jesus I got the vapors So the vapors, the vapors. <laughs> I think I think Fucking this movie dead. was real uneven for me. I like because like so, a lot of the jokes are really really bad, they and, and, and they just made my eyes like three sixty around the back of my head, back to the front, like ah. But then there was like amazing stuff, like Gilligan tending bar and talking about being on Gilligan's Island, being like, oh, there's so many hot girls there, and. You couldn't touch any of them. And I'm like, oh man, Gilligan's just throwing, like, pointing out all the holes and lines. I knew a guy could take a coconut and a pineapple and a couple of blah, 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 and he could make a nuclear reactor. Amazing. But he couldn't fix a two-foot hole in a boat. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Like, stuff like that I really liked. I liked all the cameos and all the little jokes like that, but... And, and some of the acting was really good. Some of the actors, I'm like, all right, you can deliver a line. Not really good. You can deliver a line. We have not once mentioned Tommy Hankey. Hankley, the guy who played Michael. Michael, yeah. Who, like, oh, I love not him. only acted for, like, you know, 20 years or whatever, did his thing, he was mm-hmm. in some stuff, you know, shows and blah, 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 and now he teaches theater arts to children. Does he like, really? Like, just a good dude. Aww. He was such a good surfer, dude. I'm yeah. telling you, him and Mountain, him and, um, Dave, David Bow. David Bow. Bow, yeah. yeah. No. Um, 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> who wrote his own IMDb profile. You should read it. It's fantastic. <laughs> David Bob. Yes. I think I think Bobby was just so awful that it colored my perception of the rest of the movie. My favorite part of the movie is when Frankie grabs him and is using him as a battering ram <laughs> but that, to open the door. The they want Bobby to be like as obnoxious and intolerable as he can be. Well, I didn't hate him because he was obnoxious and had bad jokes. It was just he was so unconvincing yeah. the entire time. I'm like, and what I are you doing? You're like a kid like reading like... It's like he has a notebook like this right in front of him. Like, this is my line. Hey, Dad, I'm going to point out what you said was lame. <laughs> Want me to conjugate that for you, Dad? Yeah, that's you awful. I hated that so Dad. much. But he does have a switchblade comb, which is dope. He had two. Yeah. He was... He was Flipping around at one point. Okay, but when he's like, "Wow, you two are really intellectual," like with this intellectual conversation, I chuckle. Every it's time. like a, it's like dinner at the Kissingers. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny joke. I just I don't know. I think that kid's just awful, <laughs> and, and it really put me in a bad mood to start. <laughs> David Bowes, I, and I really hope he's being ironic, but I feel like he's probably not. I think he's a little bit in the middle. He's, he's, you know. He definitely has an amazing IMDb page. Um, so, well, anything else about Back to the Beach? <clears throat> I, I, good time. I'm all, so glad Annette invented skanking. I'm just glad that <laughs> I'm glad that Bridget's okay. I hope she's okay. Like, <laughs> did anyone she ever get her a stroke the whole time? So. Bridget needs an inhaler. I hope someone got one. For I thought her. I thought it was so funny. I thought she was just like like affecting like a dumb blonde voice, and they were like, "No, she has asthma." I'm like, "Oh, that's great." See, there's stuff like that that I really liked that's about funny. this movie, but then there's stuff that I really really hated, and I'm like, just. Shut up, please. Yeah, no, it's fair. It's really awful. It's, it's yeah. all over the place, it this is. movie. It's, I don't know. I'm it never going to watch it again, but it's definitely worth watching once, I think. But it's uh, so fundamentally formed my like concept of filmmaking, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Which is scary, because the continuity errors in this movie are There are a lot of continuity errors, but like, the, the use of the magic hour. Because like, you don't get a better magic hour mm-hmm. where you have that perfect light mm-hmm. better than you do in Los Angeles, on the beach. Like... They use that to the best of their ability. I mean, granted, I you wouldn't can call see... it the best of their ability. They literally, you can point out when they shot in the morning, when they shot in the afternoon. To me, as we watched that movie, I wouldn't Absolutely. call that good use of the magic hour. Absolutely, but there are some <laughs> shots that are just like they timed them out perfectly. They're very well done. The, the B-roll stuff at the beginning with the slow motion surfing. They recycle that was the good. images. Oh god, absolutely, yeah. They reuse that stuff <laughs> yeah. all the time. And I'm not saying this movie is like gonna win. Should have won an Oscar right. in 1987 because it absolutely should not. It's terrible. <laughs> it's a terrible movie, but I love every minute. Your like first entry into filmmaking as a student, as a pretentious film student, was a thousand times better than theirs was. Like, I don't know about I just, that, but... like you actually, you know, paid attention to continuity. Well, like, yeah, you tried. Oh, the scene we on the tried. plane when they like every time you like they cut, it was everybody was placed differently, and it was driving me crazy. <laughs> well, they only had twelve extras; they had to make it work. I feel like this movie to you guys is what Critters is to me. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, that's, like, that's just that blind love. It's yeah, not, yeah. it's not good, but, I, but you I love, love it, it so yeah. much. Are you? How are your feelings about the remake of Critters? Yeah, I thought it was a sequel. sequel. Yeah, rather. I haven't even watched it. It's on oh, Shutter, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm worried, and I'm probably just going to avoid it and pretend it doesn't exist. Like you guys do with so many of the remakes in the canon. Listen, that's fair. I, I mean, it, it doesn't deserve to take away my love. No, it won't. Well, mm. it, oh, it might. It could, okay. it could sully it. Only you can have that. Give it that power, Nate. I know it's true. <laughs> We're gonna go ahead to one of our other like we love guilt. Not even I know you don't like the term guilty pleasure. Just movies that we have a lot of love for. It is 1996's That Thing You Do. In my Desert Island top five all-time favorite movies. This is a movie that most people don't want to watch with me because I just sit there and I can read the lines along with all of the actors. I own the soundtrack. It's currently in my car. I listen to it pretty much on the daily. I, I love absolutely everything about this movie. Yeah, it's a really adorable movie. This is uh, Tom Hanks' first effort at writing and directing a film. Mm. And I think it really just is a love song to, like, his childhood memories of, like, music and one-hit wonders and, like, yeah. post-Beatles America. It's, it's really it's really light. It's it a is. really light movie. It is very light. Jackie, why don't you synopsize this thing? Yeah. Synopsis. 
I would give it the old Synopsky. A local Pennsylvania band scores a one-hit wonder in 1964 and rides the star-making machinery as long as they can with lots of help from their manager. Yeah, and it's it's like you were you were saying, like it's got a little bit of everything, but it's so breezy and like just kind of fun. Like there's there's, just... there's not really a lot of plot in this movie. Mm-hmm. It just kind of they they get their break. It. It's, crescendos and then the movie ends it's more of a character study really like uh, I, exploring the, the journey these like these characters and like you know their relationships with each other and I, even that is a stretch I feel like that's giving the movie too much credit I feel like it this is. is just supposed to be a, br- a breezy like nostalgic throwback movie yeah. and it just wants to make you think about the 60s and all those all those times like when the Beatles were on Ed Sullivan and all that stuff and it's just trying to hook your nostalgia centers of your brain because there's not really a lot. Like, there's no character development in this movie. No, they're pretty they, much they, they, what they are. They, they flip. I mean, Jimmy's kind of a dick, but they it's flip him at the end. Like, hard, so hard. hard. And it's like, what is going on? And then the movie ends like 10 minutes later. I'm like, I don't. Okay. I mean, I liked it. I really liked this movie. I thought it was very pleasant. I enjoyed it. Um, but I, was, I didn't feel very, like, like content at the end. I was like, eh, I didn't really get a lot out of that. As like nice as that was, it was kind of like going on like a little, very uh, like a like a little baby roller coaster or something. It's like yay, it's fun. It's like it's like you know I can't take a a full length trip to Hawaii, but I could take a nice little weekend to the Poconos. Exactly. You know that's kind of what this well, movie nice. is. Yeah, I I don't disagree. That's fair. Um, but I also feel like there's, I can see why this has a lot of rewatchability. Like I don't think I'm ever changing the channel if this is on. And I also feel like. My one big gripe about the end, I would agree with you, is like, I hate Jimmy. He's a douche, I think, the whole movie. Mm-hmm. But I don't like the way Liv Tyler's character so quickly flipped, too. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that whole thing is totally off to me. Like, I know throughout <clears throat> the movie they have this, like, little flirtation, the two of them. But I don't know. Like, the, that's what the part, my only gripe, if there is one in this film, because I do love it, too. No, she's not a hoe. <laughs> she said that, that I just feel like the last 10 minutes feels rushed. See, I, I hardcore disagree with everything everyone just said. <laughs> a thousand percent. That's fair. I could see it on wrong. your face. You're wrong. Very wrong. Well, that's um, right. So, you know, I do. I disagree because to me, I feel like there is, there the characters are there. Like, and okay, I also say this, obviously, like Nate had said, like, you know, about the nostalgia of the Beatles. I'm not a big Beatles fan. There is no nostalgia for the Beatles for me. Like... There, there are hit songs that I know that I like. There's a couple songs off the White Album that I like. I, under no circumstance, be like, yeah, I'm a big Beatles fan. Not at all. I like some of their songs. Would never classify myself as a fan. Um, what I really like, I more associate the whole, like, teen sensation. Obviously, for me, my teen sensation was more, like, New Kids on the Block. And I think this movie hits really well with that whole... There's something for everybody in the band because you've got Jimmy, who's the brooding genius. He's the talent. He's the one that writes the songs. He's the one that's constantly putting pen to paper. This kid obviously wrote shitty poetry when he was younger. (laughs) Um, So you've got like, yeah, him. You've got Lenny, who's the funny one that you know is really not taking this whole thing very seriously. Like he's enjoying the ride, but for him... You know, like I said, he he gets to end up marrying a Playboy bunny. Like, that's his whole... And for him, like, that's the pinnacle. Like, who cares how far the music thing goes? He got to marry a Playboy bunny in Vegas, you know? You've got the bass player who is so shy and so polite, and he's the one that, like, you want to take care of him. Like, you want to take him home. You are not going to be afraid to introduce him to mom or dad. Um, I saw an interview with Tom Hanks where he was talking about kind of like the backstory in his head when he was writing was that the the bass player is definitely like the youngest of nine siblings and he gets the snot beat out of him on the daily. So for him to go to band practice and do this whole adventure with the Wonders, that's really just an escape from like being at home and being picked on. Because here, you know, he's the bass player. He's the one and only person that plays that instrument. You know, he's got this group of guys um that he has this camaraderie with um but again for him his ultimate has nothing to do with the band he's so excited that he is enlisted for the armed forces that he's just like he's ready to serve his country um and then you've got guy patterson the cool drummer you know eerie's lone beatnik who he's in it for the music like yeah the fame is awesome but he gets to play music 
You know, he gets to not only play music, but he gets to meet people and meet his legend. Or, uh, I mean, I'm sorry. He gets to meet people. He gets to meet his idol. He gets to schmooze with people who played with his idol. Like, for him, like, this whole wonderment of music in itself is part of his journey. So, and I disagree. I think the whole Liv Tyler or the whole Faye Guy Patterson thing, like, from the start, they were obviously friends from the start. Always just a very nice friendship. And I think it was one of those things where it's like, you know, one day you you were friends with a person and then one day you woke up and it was different. You know, I, I totally support their 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 motives and the way that the characters played out. And that's that's my <laughs> that's my 10, 10 cents on the whole situation. Oh, I like it. Well, I, I liked all the characters. I thought sure. that all the characters were really well defined. I just didn't think they changed very much over the course of the movie. Well, that's the thing is like if it was any if this movie was about any singular character, it wouldn't have worked. I think it, all I, of them together. I think it was. I think it was about a singular character, though. I think it was about Guy. Yeah, it, is. Yeah, it was all. It was all about Guy. He was the but... only one that got any development over the course of the movie. Because yeah. at first, he's just kind of lollygagging about working at his father's appliance store, and you know, as the movie goes on, he learns what's important in his life and what's not, and that's that's like that's okay. all the development. That's 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 the the big stuff for me in this movie. The the real meat. To be fair, the movie takes place over like two and a half months. Like, it's not, like, this whole long journey where you see this person change. Like, literally the movie, like, there's a line in the movie where it's, like, I've been in a band for two months. Like, Mm -hmm. I think, like, two and a half, three months is the entire lifespan of the Wonders. That's all they've got. The Oneaters. The Oneaters. Maybe that's That's the the (laughs) Oneaters. Maybe that's the problem for me, then, because I'm, I'm immediately comparing it to any other movie about a rock band. Yeah. And they're all, it's all about... Just look at the bright side. At least Mark Wahlberg wasn't the lead singer. That's true. <laughs> That's true. But I'm just saying, like, any other movie about a rock band, like, there's 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 movie structure in there. And this is just kind of, it's it doesn't follow a normal movie structure. It just mm-hmm. It's just like, here's some snapshots from these people's lives. And then it's over. I think that's valid, though. I mean, that is valid because you always look at movies and you're like, "Oh, I gotta stick by this structure. I gotta do this, 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 this." Mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't do it, and it works, you know. And I think that's part of what, what this movie is: is it's just like it's a little bit different. Nothing like you said. Nothing too crazy going on. It's not mm-hmm. like you're walking away with some big like thematic meaning. Yeah. But it's just fun to watch. Yeah, it's, no, it is fun to watch. It's funny. There's a little bit, a little bit of drama. You know, a little tension. A little, quit. yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy is a douche from from the word go, but no, I I don't know this. Like I said, I, I, this one is going to be hard to ever have me try to like find a flaw because again, this is seriously this is with Ghostbusters as a desert island top five. <laughs> like the movie, the soundtrack, everything about it. Tom Hanks obviously is a treasure with mm-hmm. his debut. You know, he writes and directs this mu this movie movie movie. Apparently, uh, on the uh, on the press junket for Forrest Gump, he got so bored that like him and Jonathan Demi were like, eh, "Write a movie." And he was like, <laughs> "Okay," and he did, um, and it was that thing you do. I gotta say, I really liked the "That Thing You Do" song. It sounded like a Matthew Sweet song, <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, this sounds like something I would have been listening to in the '90s." Oh yeah. Well, that's what I think is funny. I, that, like that song, you get like you think like for all intents and purposes, I should be sick of it. And by the end of the movie, mm-hmm. not. I just it absolutely charms me. Like the whole it. soundtrack. Yeah. They do play it like 10 times. No. 11, actually. Oh, okay, between, it's a lot. Between snippets, alternative versions, it's played twice full length. But over the course of the whole movie, you will hear that 11 different times. If you do not like that song, this movie is going to kill you. <laughs> no, I can't even imagine. So one thing that I do think is interesting, if I can bring a little substance to it, is I think that Hanks was calling to and highlighting this moment. Because in 1964, I think we really are standing on the verge of a complete... 180 in our country where this very much fake facade of perfection and suburban ideologies are 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 being torn apart at the seams and we're gonna this is all gonna culminate in like 1969 when it all literally falls to pieces and our films and our music are gonna like perfectly reflect just how fucked up the government and the world and our society is when everything turns in the 70s so drastically but it, it's quaint and it's lovely and it, it makes me nostalgic because mm-hmm. I did grow up with a dad who was like obsessed with 50s and 60s music. And so like I do love that idea, but I, I think it also, talking about the film feeling superficial, I think it it's because this time period 
whether we want to admit it or not, barring the... Because even the Beatles at this point were super superficial. Yeah. Like I always say, the Beatles started out as a crappy boy band and they just happened to evolve because they were geniuses and they took drugs. And they, Some of them. <laughs> Listen, uh, Ringo, you can <laughs> suck it. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, Ringo solo stuff is super good. Ringo so is, Ringo is trash. <gasps> Whoa. I'm, I'm kind of. I'm kind of. Ringo is a terrible drummer. There's, there's, uh, what's her name? Um, on Parks and Rec, her Leslie? father. No, it's not Leslie. I haven't seen it too much. Um, what's her name? Audrey Paul. Oh, you're, talk- no. you're talking about um. Amy Poehler. No, the, what's his, the, ah! the producer's daughter? I can't remember. Yes, that. well, she her plays fa- Andy's girlfriend. No, oh. well, at the beginning, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. Her father's a music producer. Quincy producer. Jones. Quincy so Jones. Rashida, Rashida Jones. Jones. Anyways, Quincy Jones recently. Had, did an interview with Rolling Stone. He was just blasting everyone because he's worked in the music industry for so long. And he said that Ringo is so bad at holding a beat that they would send him out to go get a beer and bring in a session drummer, play it back, and tell him that was him playing. Like, oh, no, it's fine. We got it now. Yeah. We he's totally bad. derailed your point. So no, it's fine. No, it's fine. Um, I'm just saying that, like, I think when the Beatles came out, they were superficial, too. And I think that it took the horrors of the real world and it took everything going on in society to bring about the Joplins and the Hendrixes and the, all the really good music that would really kind of set the tone for the next stage of rock and roll. Mm-hmm. These guys are adorable. And there were tons of bands like this. Like when I think about all the early 60s and late 50s bands, it was so many one-hit wonder Unider style bands. Mm-hmm. And I love them. I really do. I mean, you know, I still listen to so much of that like corny 50s and 60s stuff. And I also think, unfortunately, it's just, it was the lie we told ourselves, like this perfect idyllic life that we were selling mm-hmm. as the American dream in the late 50s, early 60s. That just wasn't true at all. And like the film, it crumbled so easily and so quickly. You know, that's like, why it's we a got, nice metaphor. That's why we got Pleasantville right after yeah, this. Exactly, right? Like, it's just, yeah. But we're going to make America great again. Oh, that's right. We were great yeah. back then. I forget. And the good thing is that you could tie that back together with the like all those beach movies. They were the same thing. They were like yeah, these like, like selling a stupid, silly, fun, we're we, going to talk about sex, but we're not going to do it. And it's like America's so great and blah, 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 blah. We even had a, a beach party movie scene in that thing you do. Yeah, it was great. Because the band is <laughs> Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. Yup. Who sometimes I will tell people is one of my favorite bands. <laughs> I've been known to say that. Um, yeah, no, like this, like I said, this this kind of sums up the way I feel about this movie. When I was in high school, there was a group of us that loved this movie so much that we made a quiz. Like, we literally made a That Thing You Do quiz. And it was like an ongoing quiz and there was just more and more and more and more questions. And like, we would literally just try to drill each other and figure out like who knew the movie best. And like, we just kept like adding questions and who said this and you know, what color was this and what's the license plate number on Winnebago and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) So also, um, uh, one, one time many years ago, uh, someone, I mean, this was like right after the movie came out. I remember I was at the beach with a friend of mine and like we met these boys and like we were all cool and hanging out and like I cracked some joke and the kid told me that I was like Lenny from that thing you do. I'll never forget that. Greatest compliment of my life. <laughs> because um, Lenny's lines, I mean he's hysterical and he's like so good. He, he's really good. I mean a lot of it was written but a lot of it was riffed and it was just everything landed. Like I want to see everything that was on the cutting room floor because I can only imagine that it was only cut for time because like it had to have been gold. I could see 16 year old Jackie on the beach. <laughs> Kids like you remind me of Lenny from that thing you do. Jackie faints. Dramatic pause. Like, oh, I love you. <laughs> yeah. No, at 16, I his to- to- my tongue would already be in his mouth at that point. <laughs> um, no, I don't think I made out with him. Can we talk about all, like, just like Back to the Beach, there's a bunch of amazing cameos in this movie. <laughs> um, just off, like, with the ones I've written down, Chris Isaac. Is yep. Uncle, Bob, Uncle Bob who records their record? <laughs> Paul Feig is in this mm-hmm. as a radio DJ. Oh, I didn't catch. That. Oh yeah, he's the first radio DJ they talk to, and directly afterwards they go to talk to Clint Howard. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the end of the movie, when they're on the fake Ed Sullivan show, uh, Brian Cranston is on the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I think that might be one of the first things that Brian Cranston did. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. It has sense. to be. Because uh, Malcolm in the Middle is like his like big breakout, right? Before, yeah. And that was like the late nineties, ninety eight, yeah. ninety nine. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, it's it's a fun it's a fun flick. Oh yeah, yeah. I love it. Um. So now here's I'm gonna I'm gonna be Marissa. Okay. I'm gonna pose a question. Sure. So in the movie, Guy Patterson, out of you know, just the talent, everything that happened, 
He meets Del Paxton. He meets his idol. Mm-hmm. Who who is your Del Paxton? Oh, Stephen King, hands down for me. Yeah. Yeah. I just I think I've always like I I. Yeah, he's my Del Paxton. I think just as a writer and as a horror lover and a creator of stories that truly terrify. Steve, if I ever meet Stephen King, I'm gonna like pee my pants and maybe die. But okay. that's I plan on. Well, I hope you don't meet away. Stephen King then. <laughs> That makes um, one of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt. I. Me. Uh, right. <laughs> what's that? Me. You married her. Uh, I don't. I don't really have anybody. I don't idolize people because they're flawed and fallible. I mean, there are people who I would like to meet, but there's not anybody I think would be like, "Oh my god, like this person." I'm blown. You know, like there are people whom I respect for what they do, but I just, I just, I think I'm jaded by life, so I don't really have that sort of. Emotion toward okay, time out for adventure. If Pee Wee Herman walked walked in this room right now, your ass would be that would be awesome, motherfucking strong. But I wouldn't. Be, you know, I'm not gonna say like if I could pick one person. I, if I happened to be in a place and Pee Wee was there, I'd be like, this is freaking awesome. But I wouldn't be like, you know, if I could meet one person in this life, it would be Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> don't lie. Yeah, I don't think I know either. Because oh, honestly, root beer barrels. I. I, I I think there's a couple people in my life like that, but I wouldn't ever want to meet them. Yeah, really? because yeah, it would shatter. Them. It would shatter the illusion. It would make me like them less. Mm, I because just, I really want to. Because meet them. right now, like they're almost like gods in my mind. Like they're not real. I guess so. That. Like if I have to, if oh, it's like oh, Pee Wee Herman. I met him and he farted and it was weird. <laughs> no, if Pee Wee Herman farts, it's gonna <laughs> be like glitter. You know, it's gonna be like. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, like there's, like, there's probably something that you don't like immediately think about, like your your favorite like people he doing. Masturbated in the theater because I think about that all the time. Do you that think about Paul Pee Wee Herman? Mest- that was <laughs> Paul Rubens. Different I do, story. Every day. <laughs> I, um, I, I I do not think about all that that all the time. Thank you very much. I do at least once a day. Jackie, who's yours? Well, he was on ships. <laughs> Who Brian, Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston's an Amazon Women on the Moon. What? Nice. It's amazing. Baywatch. Okay, he did quite a few things before he was on this, but it looks like a lot of TV stuff. Baywatch. Okay, wait. Oh, uh, he did anime voiceovers. What? 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 <laughs> Multiple. Macross. Brian Cranston's in Macross. What? I'm sorry, I'm the only person that knows what this is. <laughs> You're like, yeah. Okay, so I'm sorry, go ahead. Um, I, You know what, honestly, I posed the question, but I really didn't think about it myself, about who, who my Del Paxton is. Womp I think like me, what? I said womp womp. Womp womp. Yeah, I, I, honestly, like, I think, I don't know, could it be Tom Hanks? Is it too corny to say that my Del Paxton's Tom Hanks? I don't know. No, no, I think Tom Hanks would be a fun person to meet because I yeah. feel like he knows what to do when he meets a fan. Yeah. It's not like some weird, like, oh, I want my own personal life. He'll be like, yeah, let's fucking do some handstands and flap around and, and drink beers and have fun. He's just, he's just... I love that you think that's what Tom Hanks I feel like he, he jumps in people's engagement photos. He's feel, cool, dude. Yeah, I feel like he's, he's a fun guy that would, like, you know, take the time out and be cool. No, yeah, that's yeah. true. Just like, um, who else? Keanu Bill Murray. Murray. Like, Bill Murray. I feel like he's like a Bill Murray. Bill Murray would be. He's not quite Bill Murray level. No, but Bill Murray is on a league, like, completely to his own. So. I do love that there's that picture on the internet, and no one can agree if it's Bill Murray or Tom Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, really? Yeah. Yeah, there's a, yeah it's a, it's a, it, and it, I, I couldn't tell you which one is you, which. It's like the blue dress, or a gold yeah. dress. You can look at it in certain ways, and it's like, okay. And it's I like, you don't it. know, yeah, is that Bill Murray or Tom Hanks? Nobody knows. <laughs> it could be either one. Could be either one. It's no, it's Tom Hanks. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's actually Bill Murray. It's probably yeah, some other know. guy. <laughs> yeah, <probably. laughs> can I can I say the one thing I didn't like about this movie? No. Is this the way they secretly <laughs> the way they secretly <laughs> throw shade at bass players? Because Dude, first of all, Ethan Embry I know, but they really do it in this movie. Ethan Embry does not get a name. No. He's in like seventy five percent of the movie. They never give him a name. He's just the bass player. And then at one point when he disappears, they don't go look for him. They immediately replace him with Wolfman and move on. And then when I saw, I was watching the credits, when I saw he was named the bass player, I was like, man, that's some bullshit. TB player. Uh, yeah, he called, he called his character TB because he knew. He knew the shame. <laughs> Poor Ethan. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if it, if it is 
canon or not, but apparently in, in an interview, Ethan Embry had said that the character's name is Tobias. But I feel like that's, that's an extension of TV. Yeah. <laughs> the bass player. The bass player. I, 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 yeah, I, I do. No, I don't care. There's no flaws. This movie's perfect. <laughs> There's was, nothing you can say. It wasn't, it wasn't like bad. It didn't make the yeah. movie worse. So I was just like, oh, why are you going to throw shaded <laughs> bass players like that? Like, I oh, can just replace them. No oh big deal. Who cares? One of my favorite, and this is something we used to say all the time, when they go on the Hollywood showcase and, you know, you get the scene of the, of the crew, you know, in the studio kind of directing it and directing the scenes and when they start introducing all of the bands like with their little names. <laughs> oh, things, yeah. Wolfman, too scary. Too scary. Next one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. There's, this movie's flawless. This movie is flawless and, and perfect and this is, this is a very, this is, this is a very Jackie movie and like it I said, is. You know, someday, you know, it, at my wedding, we're going to be dancing to at least three songs yes. off this soundtrack. So Man. get get prepared because we're definitely going to jam to some songs off of this album. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't say this is a bad movie no. coming yeah, off of great. Back to the Beach. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> um, it's it's yeah. aggressive sometimes. I'm just saying, Back to the Beach is aggressive sometimes. It is in all the best ways. I love it. They're both both so both so gems. good. Uh, oh, yeah. absolutely. So that thing you did is by far a better movie. Oh um, yeah, for sure. I, Back I, to the Beach. I, I my will heart. never return to this podcast again. <laughs> uh, the last thing that I want to say is, and I know that like anybody that loves movies has this experience. So there's 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 always going to be a scene in a movie that elicits. Like an emotion, you know, obviously you can be manipulated in, in a way to make it really sad or whatever. And I, the scene in this movie that I cannot help but smile, like ear to ear, legit smile. Like I think the first time, the first couple times I saw it, I teared up. Is the scene when every member of the band and Faye hear their song on the radio for the very first time and it plays and with every radio they turn on, it gets louder and louder and it keeps building. Like, if I am ever in, like, a horrible, bad mood, like, that is something that can legit lift me out of that bad mood. That scene, every, and like, the little details. And this just goes toward, like, character development. And I love this. Is that when, um, when the bass player and Faye run into the appliance store, Faye runs right in and is so excited and the bass player stops to wipe his feet on the mat because they have like a little welcome mat at the door. I don't know. Like that just, that whole entire scene, like I cannot fight the muscles in my face from smiling when they hear their song on the radio for the first time. I was kind of amazed that Giovanni Ribisi didn't have issue with them blowing up as soon as he gets kicked out of the band. <laughs> I said that. I was He's like, like oh, I'm just gonna, ta- I'm just gonna take the old drummer's job <laughs> and then hang out with his parents all the time. I know he's such a good sport. I'm, uh, I'm very, crazy. very proud of myself that of all the notes that I took, I only wrote down one quote. And this is a more movie that, like, normally I think, I think I assumed I was gonna write nothing but quotes on the page, but I literally only have one quote, and it's from the very beginning. And it's just, guys, Chad fell down. <laughs> I, wrote, oh. I wrote, keep dancing, goofball. I don't even remember when that happened. It's in the beach party scene. Okay. Yeah. Keep dancing, goofball. Yeah. So, yeah. If you guys... Yeah. Um, and you know what? I do have to give a special shout out uh, in this episode to my friend AJ, who supports this podcast by liking stuff on Facebook and is a member of our Facebook group, but is petrified of horror movies, so will never listen to any of our episodes. But I told him that we were doing a special non-horror, so he got very, very excited. So, side piece, I love you, baby, and this one's for you. (laughs) And I'd like to give a special shout-out to this uh, tall glass of water sitting next to me. Um, because it's it, not an adjective that's been used to describe me before. So thank you. <laughs> you're, right. you're welcome, Dollface. Uh, thanks for coming out. I know you're a big supporter of the show, and you go really far out of your way to let me keep this little silly dream alive. So I really appreciate it, and I appreciate that we finally did something that you were interested in coming and talking about, <laughs> even if it was back to the beach. You know me. You know how to get me. <laughs> we get yeah. you. We know how to get in your pants, Maddie. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, no, we hope you guys enjoyed this fun little one-off. Maybe we'll get a chance to do it again. For you. Yeah. Prank you. Prank you. Prank you. <laughs> hey, prank you, Nate. No. <laughs> I can't handle the pranks, guys. <laughs> They're too mean-spirited. <laughs> I'm going to go home and cry now. <laughs>
Because these pranks. <laughs> too harsh. Too much. <laughs> too, too much. We got you real good, Larry. We did. We did get you. You know, you sometimes, know. you guys, a joke is a joke, and sometimes you just take it way too far. <laughs> We took, it, we took it all the way. We took it all the way back to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> don't forget to check us out on social media. Just search Jersey Ghouls, and you will find us there. You can find our podcast on your favorite app by searching for Jersey Ghouls. And for the podcast, the blog, movie reviews, and more, please check out our website, JerseyGhouls.com. And if you just can't get enough of listening to me wax on about how the 1960s and uh, that thing you do had something meaningful and connected to one another, please feel free to head over to MiseOnScream.com and check me and Katie out where we talk about horror and all the very important sociological ramifications it has on our society. So yeah, check us out. Yeah, two episodes episodes in. We're too deep, yeah. So awesome. Please go check them out. Show them some love. Yep, and we have a new episode dropping this week on Last House on the Left, which is the perfect juxtaposition <laughs> to um, uh, something like that that you do. So, all right, thanks. Yeah, uh, bye bye. Bye bye. Get pranked. <laughs> Prank you. Yeah. Yo, Jamie Kennedy should help us out. <laughs> <laughs>